Hello and welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. The topic today is canola oil, fatty acids, and health benefits. My guest is Michael Eskin, professor in the Department of Food and Nutritional Sciences in the Faculty of Agriculture and Food at the University of Manitoba. Eskin started at the university in 1968 and was involved in the canola project from its early days. His research group looked at fatty acid composition and canola oil performance. Other groups worked on nutrition, and breeders Balder Stephenson and Keith Downey developed farm-ready canola cultivars. We had no idea what the impact of that work would be, Eskin says. He went on to make a career out of fats and nutrition. Here's a bit of background before we get started. Canola oil has, on average, 7% saturated fat, 62% monounsaturated fat, and 28% polyunsaturated fat. Within each fat category are specific fatty acids. Stearic acid and palmitic acid are the major saturated fatty acids in canola oil. Oleic acid is the monounsaturated fatty acid. And linoleic and linolenic are the polyunsaturated fatty acids. A molecule of linolenic acid, the omega-3 essential fatty acid, has a backbone of 18 carbon atoms and three double carbon bonds, C18-3 for short. You'll hear Eskin use abbreviations like this in the podcast. A fatty acid molecule without any carbon double bonds is saturated. A molecule with one carbon double bond is monounsaturated polyunsaturated fatty acids have more than one. Now on to the conversation. We start with saturated fat. Canola oil is the very lowest in saturated fats. It's less than less than 7% and some of the new ones are actually 4%. It have C14, it have maybe 0.1%. C316, which is the palmitic, 3.6%. And stearic acid 1.5. So it really has very low levels. With low saturated fats, canola therefore has high unsaturated fats, including 8 or 9% linolenic acid. Soybeans have about 7% linolenic acid. Linolenic acid is an essential fatty acid, so it's good for people, but it's less stable. In North America, these oils, mostly soybean oil based on its large supply, were hydrogenated to improve functionality in fryers and processed food. That presented its own problems, as Askin describes in this next segment. Well, rapeseed or canola is very unique because it had 60% of its fatty acids were oleic, which is C181. 20% approximately was C182. And depending on the agronomic conditions, you had C18-3 linolenic acid. And those two fatty acids are really essential fatty acids. And um, they're very important. You need both. And there's a real problem with northern population getting enough linolenic acid in particular. From a nutritional point of view, that, uh, that oil became considered to be heart healthy. Now, from a stability point of view, 
the more double bonds you have, the faster is the rate of oxidation. Okay, so I've seen it port differently. I mean, oleic acid probably about 20 times faster and linolenic acid about 40 times faster. Um, and uh, so that there was really concern about the oxidation of this. And so one of the problems has been in the frying industry, they used to hydrogenate. North America, they hydrogenated. And understanding being, well, you reduce the, the polyunsaturated fatty acids, you saturate, so now it's going to be stable. However, <laughs> unfortunately, that in the process of hydrogenation, uh, normally, normally a double bond, and I sort of can show it like that, a double bond, the hydrogens are that way. They're called cysts, and that is good. What happens with hydrogenation? The high, some of the hydrogen double bonds become trans, and trans, the physical property of that double bond in a transform is like a single, is like a saturated. It is negative, it's not toxic. So now they were faced with the following situation. Hydrogenated fats were so important for the um, food service and for the the, the uh, in, in industry as a whole, they had to find a replacement. That need created the market opportunity for specialty canola oils used in restaurant fryers. Interestingly enough, developing of canola, it is a high oleic oil by itself compared to other oils, okay? So they raised the oleic content to 80%, okay? And that reduced the linolenic acid down from 11, 12, down to 3%, close to. And uh, and you had, uh, and, and, and it lowered the linolenic, the, um, the linoleic acid, it reduced that somewhat. But we needed a certain amount of of linolenic acid, uh, Kathy um, Warner, who uh, she did some work and they showed that you to get maximum flavor, you need a certain balance. But as a result, that oil is very stable. It's extremely, very stable. And that is now used, it's take, it essentially, it took over a huge market that soybean oil was, was dominating in the, uh, industry and uh, of course soybean now has gone to they're all gone to the developing the higher high leg oils right it's a and um uh and that that and so as a result the industry now has a safe and better alternative eskin performed a wrap on fatty acids look up fatty acids the good the bad and the ugly on YouTube. I referenced the rap a few times in my questions. In the rap you talked, this is changing gears a little bit, but, but we're sticking with the monounsaturates, polyunsaturates, yeah. and this has to do with the bonds. Um, you said you said you you implied that kink, being kinky was a good thing. What does that mean? What mean what that means in a saturated you have a linear, you have this linear chain. 
and the linear chain, they cuddle up to each other and they're able to form a strong crystalline structure. So they are solid at room temperature. Once you introduce a double bond, uh, one double bond, you get a kink. So they can't snuggle up. And the more, the more kinks you have, the harder it is. So it affects the, the you know, there will be more liquid than solid. Uh, so I want to go from there into this, the glycerol backbone yeah. of these, or the triglycerides. Are all, are, are all oils triglycerides? All oils are primarily triglycerides, yes. And what so happens, the, yeah, in, tell me how in the crude oil you have you have other components as well that you want to get rid of. You have phosphorus, you have free fatty acids, you have chlorophyll, you have a whole range of minor. These are minor components, but they can have a serious impact on the quality of the oil. So what happens to the oil refining is that they remove these components. So what you want to get is a purest solution of triglycerides as possible. So a free fatty acid is, is a fatty acid that's not connected to a triglyceride that, background? That's backbone. right. Free fatty okay. acids means during the, is that it's, it separates or it's, it, it, it's a separate fatty. It's not, it's what they call, it's an ester bond. Remember chemistry between an alcohol and, a, and uh, an acid, you get an ester bond formed. That's what happens with a fatty acid, which is the alcohol, and fatty so, acid, which is the acid, sorry, and the glycerol, which is the alcohol, it forms that bond. Now, and, uh, and during the growth of the plant and development, you get free fatty acids formed, so you need to get rid of them. What happens when you fry and you heat, you will break those bonds and release the free fatty acids. And it's one of the indicators of the degradation of a fat is by the increase in free fatty acids. And, uh, and, and they're obviously if they're polyunsaturated, they will oxidize and um, they will cause off the off flavors. So, so the glycerol backbone and that you've got the three fatty acids attached. If you yeah. take a liter of canola oil, are, are all of those triglycerides the same? They're not the same. Not. Uh, <clears throat> interesting, I was just reading a paper. The, now, in the high oleic oils, over 80% of the oil, the triglycerides are made of, have three oleic acids. In canola, because you do have a very high, even in the regular oil, you'll have, you, there will be a lot of triglycerides that will have three oleic acids, but there will be others that will be mixtures. And uh, what's really interesting is that when we digest a triglyceride, we are able to remove, if there are three positions, one, two, three, we have enzymes that remove from the fatty acid from the one position and from the three position, but we don't have an enzyme to remove 
from the two, which is very good. Why? Because the body can absorb that. That's a monoglyceride, has no problem being absorbed. This has very important medical implications. In premature infants or individuals that are, have a problem with metabolizing fat, they need to have the essential fatty acids. Well, they can be provided if that essential fatty acid is on the two position. The body's amazing thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Next, Eskin describes the opportunity for plant-based omega-3 oils to be a substitute for fish-sourced omega-3 oils. Here's another quick bit of chemistry background, which I'm lifting from an article I wrote in the March 2022 Canola Digest. The brain contains small amounts of omega-3 docosahexaonic acid, or DHA, and it needs to source that oil from food. Fish oil is a good source of DHA. Canola oil contains a shorter chain omega-3 called alpha-linolenic acid, or ALA. University of Toronto prof Richard Bazinet, quoted in the article, says the liver can use ALA to synthesize DHA. However, a specialty canola has been developed to contain DHA. Now, the other thing that's going on, of course, is that and because of the problem, the fish and the, the oceans that we are doing a wonderful job in polluting the environment, wonderful polluted, even in space, we, we throw out our garbage. And um, so they're looking, and the fish actually picks it up from plankton. They don't synthesize it. They uh, pick it up from, and so they are actually producing an oil that is high in DHA, which is a, an omega-3. And so that, that is already, I think, commercially available. And then, so they're doing some interesting, interesting stuff on that to in enhance the, it'll be a, an important niche market. I close the conversation asking Eskin to describe something that farmers and canola oil users need to know about the oil. Now, even though there's controversy about the saturated fats, the fact, I think the canola being lowest in saturated fat is a plus. And also being high in the poly, in the unsaturated. And we cannot ignore oleic acid, the monounsaturated, because it does play an important role health-wise. But, but there's no question that it, it is a healthy oil. That's great. Thank you, Dr. Askin. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Just so you appreciate the value of Eskin's work, he was honored as a member of the Order of Canada in 2016 and the Order of Manitoba in 2021. In October of this year, the University of Manitoba named him a distinguished professor. For more on the topic of fatty acids, start with my article, What Does the Fat Chart Tell Us?, in the September 2022 edition of Canola Digest magazine. The article includes quotes from Michael Eskin, and describes the fatty acids found in vegetable oils. Find it online at canoladigest.ca.
For lots more detail on canola oil, go to canolacouncil.org and click on the About Canola tab, or go to canolaeatwell.com. Canola Watch is an agronomy service from the Canola Council of Canada, with support from the three prairies-based canola grower organizations, SAS Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. At the core of Canola Watch is a timely agronomy email with regular updates throughout the growing season on pests, weather, fertilizer management, and other topics. If you are not already subscribed, please sign up at canolawatch.org. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. Thank you for listening.